right, everybody. Thank you for listening. And for those of you who are discovering me on our new YouTube channel, thank you for watching. Today, I'm talking to Rish Bandari from Content Beta. He is the founder and CEO. Rish, just to get us started and give us a little context, do you mind telling us a little bit about Content Beta and what do you do? We are a media production company for B2B SaaS. We work with ServiceNow, LeadFeeder, ManyChat, and certainly the B2B SaaS to help them create content like product videos, customer success videos, design needs, and happy to be on this chat. Yeah, for sure. Very excited to go through video. This is something I know a lot of people want to do more with, but it's a little confusing exactly where to start. So first question I have here is, where can video make a really big difference for SaaS founders? So I think I think everybody's aware of those HubSpot reports and all that. Hey, they say eighty-one percent of businesses use videos for marketing tool, and with the pandemic, the videos have become more prevalent. But I guess when I talk about video, I think in terms of marketing funnel, right? So something so and, and it's and it's important to think about that in those three layers because the 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 call to actions, the objectives are different. For instance, if you're on the top of the funnel, your goal is to just like blogs, your goal is to educate your customers and not market your product. In the middle and closer to the conversion, like the consideration conversion, it may be through a product demo video or a product explainer video, which shows how your product solves problem. If you go lower, so after conversion, something more like loyalty, adoption, where there they can think about customer success. So I think it really depends upon what, what are your goals. If your goal is to improve the uh, the brand of your product i think just focus on the top of the funnel kind of video content and if your goal is to improve the adoption that you you see more renewals than before you see more product usage i would go towards customer success videos having worked with quite a lot of tools we mentioned before we started the recording it includes ManyChat, lead feeder and partner stack do you notice there's a particular area that SaaS products are particularly weak at using video I think more in the middle of the funnel, that's where I see the biggest gap. So people are people have been good in creating top of the funnel more because they understand SEO, they understand content marketing. But in the middle of the funnel where the where your audience is more problem aware and solution aware, now how do you make your product so compelling so that they convert? And I mean they they start for a free trial or something, right? I mean that's where I see the biggest gap. Things like demonstrating the use cases or a uh, a few of your features or even showing social proof right so rather than saying that hey this is a one-liner quote by this user of mine get him on a camera get him to talk about what problem that person was trying to solve and how your product solved it for him right i think that these kind of content pieces really helps in improving the speed of the deal from top to the conversion stage i think that's where where is the biggest gap the second big gap i think is on the customer success side, most B2B SaaS, I wouldn't say most, but a lot of them are still high touch, right? When I say high touch means the customer success will will do one-to-one onboarding or one-to-many onboarding and make sure that the product is adopted in the customer's organization. But what really matters after, if you want to scale is you can't have more customer success people as if you have more customers. I mean, at some point it has to plateau it out and content plays a really good, good game. And I've seen mostly medium to large SaaS investing in that kind of content today. And, and that content doesn't have to be look always be pretty right. You can even create room videos. But yeah, so that those are the two gaps which I see in the uh, SaaS space. 
zooming in, I guess, on the the middle of the funnel, you mentioned there are a couple of things here. I think you mentioned a use case, a testimonial, and a case study. For a use case video, did you have any thoughts around best practices for creating or presenting these types of videos? So when you talk about the use case, I think whenever when you're talking about prospect, right, I mean, there are two kinds of audience. One is your prospect, one is your customer, right? When you're talking to a prospect, it always has to be in a way you're telling a story, right? So just pick up any storytelling framework and try to first put down what are the pains your typical individual or a company might be having and try to drill down on that pain and just show how your how this particular feature or I wouldn't focus on all the features of my product, but maybe a couple of them, how these features are fixing that pain. Right? I think that approach really helps. One more best practice, if you get somebody from the founder or VP, I mean, marketing or product team, I think probably one of these or your customers, I mean, somebody like a real person on screen and talk about the same problem or the same solution or the feature, I think it improves the engagement uh, to a different level. And more importantly, you, you build trust in the minds of the prospect, right? So, I mean, eventually the goal for you is to improve the deal velocity and, and this this kind of approach really helps. I should probably have checked with you before I ask, but do you have any client examples or can you make a, an example of a product where it used this type of framework? So, for example, so there's a tool for cold outreach, right? And they used to do personalizations. That's a pretty, pretty popular GPT-3 algorithm which they used to create. So they basically dig out LinkedIn profiles and pick up podcast appearances or event appearances or interviews in media or something. And they create like one-liners, two-liners to open up an email, right? And and the way we approach this uh, product demo kind of video is, so they want to show that, hey, you can connect this to your Lem list or any cold email outreach tools and show how this so smooth. So instead of just showing how it works with Lemlist, we went back to the drawing board until made a script or a story that hey, everybody knows personalization is important. And typical personalization, which all of us are quite aware, is first name or company name, which are which are meaningless or which are emotionless, right? How do you go beyond? Right, so that's how the founder came on the screen, and how do you go beyond and show that? Hey, what if you could do A, B, and C? Imagine how how your email response rate would improve. Imagine how many meetings you could book. Imagine how many uh, deals you could close. Right, so so put like an aspirational picture. So paint aspirational picture and how this tool is a bridge between these two states. And then show the product UI that, hey, this is how you do it. Not teaching, but just showing this is how you do it. Connect your LinkedIn, connect your limb list, and this is how you can pull out. You can even download. Key is not to show so too many things of your product. I mean, your product might have 20 features. But if you show all those 20 features in that one piece of content, I think you lose, you lose interest or you lose that effectiveness. So to make it compelling, focus on two or maximum three and make sure you tell a story that, which this two or three features could solve. There's a lot of crossover there between what you're saying and another previous guest, Jacob Suko. He was saying that you should really promote, you know, one or two top use cases that you find convert best for prospects and users. Do you find that the video style will be different between the prospect and user? So you mentioned that 
you may have a founder talking when you're talking to prospects, but for trial users, is it more based on a screen share type video or how is that different? So the way I think about how to use creative in, in, inside a video is, so for me, marketing funnel is like an attention funnel, right? But the inverted one. So on the top of the funnel, the your audience or your prospects have very little attention span, right? They, if you can't show them like a low production quality stuff for like 10 minute video, I mean, I mean they, they'll not be interested. First of all, they don't even know you, right? And the opposite of this is your customers, people have already paid for your service. They have a lot of attention span when you are speaking and there you're allowed to use slightly poor production quality, more the video duration could be higher. So that's the difference, right? So if you're looking at that, so I would say, Try to limit the duration of the content and make it highly creative, right? So try to add, as you go top of the funnel, the creativity of that video should be higher. There should be higher quality animation. There should be higher engagement, higher production quality, right? Also, the video length should be shorter as you go toward top of the funnel. And the opposite is true for going towards conversion and even after conversion. It's a very tactical point to make the, the video more creative and much shorter the higher up the funnel you go. Do you recommend that one particular style performs better than another towards the the top of the funnel there, for example, animation versus, you know, studio shots or anything like this? I think I wouldn't do animation at all. I mean, animation as in the one which has characters, like how you see the old school experimental videos where there's a sun and mountains and office building and somebody with a laptop, like, like all cartoon characters, I think that's really old school and that doesn't work anymore. What you should do if you could do more modern and minimalistic, right? Try to use as much as your product UI as possible. Try to use a real person on screen as much as possible, right? The more real you are, the more authentic your audience will perceive you are and and higher chances of striking a conversation. So I think yeah, I, I always tell this to my team also. All, all we all use. You always try to use real stuff, right? I mean, if you, the way, if you try hiding behind like a cartoon animation or something, I think you lose that differentiation. And guess what? Even your competitor might be using the same style and you'll be lost in that muddle. It makes a lot of sense when you mention that because I'm thinking of, I think it's monday.com. It's just blasting me with ads on YouTube very often. And you find it's a lot of people involved and, and screen sharing in a motion graphic style. So not just people, but it's involving the product, as you said. Do you find there's a particularly useful way to promote these types of middle funnel, upper middle funnel videos for the purposes of converting people into trial users? When you say promote, as in you're asking about which channels they should be used on? Yeah. Do you find that it's, uh, you know, it's always great practice to use Facebook ads as an example? Or have you noticed any particular patterns here? I haven't noticed a pattern, but what I've seen other people using is a lot of them are... So social media is always a hot channel, right? Because you just post it and you will leave it to the people. But one thing which has which strikes me a lot is using these in your email follow-ups, right? Because whenever you have a meeting and you want that... Especially it's true for high ticket price SaaS kind of stuff, where it's where you don't have like lots of leads, but you want to convert them. You basically follow up with such middle of the funnel kind of content right and it really helps because if something strikes them like a pain problem or your feature benefit feature feature positioning i think it improves their chance to adopt the product so i think i would i would use heavily use it in follow-ups 
for people who are looking at developing this type of content but maybe don't have a very large budget, what would your advice be? I think founder speaking on Loom is the best way, right? Just one thing, lots of people do try to be like direct. I mean, they don't prepare, right? And I'm not saying prepare as in you have to rehearse, but at least you can have a script on the board, right? Because if you have a script, I mean, it really helps you to articulate what you want to communicate and the way you talk about it also changes. I think using Loom with some background preparation, I think that's a good idea. I wouldn't do animation tools. What I would also do is sometimes use uh, tools like, if you want slightly better quality than Loom, maybe use a tool called Camtasia, which is a screen recording and a face recording, so you could have like a talking head. I think these two are really good, at least when I speak to others as founders. And is there a certain amount of time that they should aim for? So, you know, no longer than X minutes? So on the top of the funnel, our internal rule is less than one minute. In the middle of the funnel, it's less than two minutes. And more more on customer support, customer success kind of videos is less than three minutes. So that's our timeline. We, we never exceed that. Fantastic. The very tactical number. Going further down the funnel, once people have acquired a user and they have a paying customer, you mentioned that you can probably get away with a bit less formal, high production value videos. What is your advice here for people to maximize the use of video? So when you say maximize, you mean consumption of video or effectiveness of the video? Effectiveness of the video. So should be, should they be looking at you know, creating videos around the first five core features they have, making sure that they film it in a certain way? So first of all, for top of the funnel, I think what I see a recent trend is people going towards more SEO-friendly content, right? Because if you see Google search, YouTube results are ranked higher than the text result of the same article, right? So if, if I'm a SaaS and if I'm ranking, if my five of my blogs are ranking for the desired keyword, for my first job is to make a video on the same topic and publish it on YouTube because that way you'll be able to defend your the search results ranking for your blogs, right? Because you, maybe your blog is second, but number one is your own video. So I think that's one thing. Get your top four or five blogs to start with and convert them into videos. It can even be the founder speaking about it, but that's really high quality content. Second is use social proof as much as you can. Right. I mean, a lot of people say uh, the latest trend in video marketing is user-generated content. Sure, we cannot have you. We are not e-commerce. We can't have user-generated content, but we could have customers talking about a particular feature or a particular use case. Right. I think if you using social proof also improves your chance of converting that customer because you're also also telling a compelling story. Right. How 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 your product works. And the last thing which I would say is always tell a story. There is no dearth of videos, right? I mean, in YouTube, you would have heard like lots and lots of minutes of videos are being uploaded every second. So if you want to differentiate from the crowd through things, one is tell them a story, right? Make it engaging. Even if your product or your use case is boring, but tell them a story, your audience will get it. And second, I'm assuming you're talking to the prospects more for video marketing, the production quality has to be decent, right? Because because if if your production quality is like average or below average, 
somebody else would have same content or similar content with a higher production quality and that person will likely have more views or more clicks and maybe youtube would show them above your video so i think these two things i think i i normally recommend always keep telling the story and take your production quality a notch above just to drill down on the social proof did you have an example of for example a, an app or a client that used it in a particular way so for lead feeder what we are doing is so lead feeder is a lot of customers and lead feeder is basically the tool for customers to for marketers to see who's on your website i mean which company which region that kind of stuff better than google analytics google analytics will tell you the user's geographical profile or age profile lead feeder will tell you the company profile a professional background so they wanted to show show the same thing right that we are different than google analytics or different than hubspot crm and they said how do we go about what we did was we asked asked one of the customer to come for an interview i can't tell the testimonial because then it makes makes you feel obligated to so tell them it's an it's a spotlight interview we sent them like hd camera microphone lights uh, tripod everything so that the quality is great i mean i'm in india the customer was in finland so so we made sure everything the production quality was not restricted by the equipment during the interview day we initial couple of minutes we helped them set it up and then we had this interview but at the interview lasted for 30 minutes we made three versions of this interview three different versions of telling the story and lead feeders using this everywhere wow fantastic so once they had three different versions they could pick out segments of all three versions yeah so so for each feature there was one version right so there was a pain like good uh, pain and then idle idle scenario and then how that feature solves that problem right? so there are three different versions and we made some social media proof which they could use for remarketing do you have any blog posts on content beta that support people learning how to do this type of script sure i uh, maybe after this call i can send you a couple of our storytelling frameworks too right we've kept, kept a lot of our stuff open so there are like four or five frameworks how you could tell a story in a video right and maybe somebody if you want to try it out it's uh, yeah free to use yeah fantastic so getting back a few steps we talked about top of funnel being quite short very high production quality middle funnel uh, you've got the the use case type video you've got the social proof type video now you've uh, acquired a user you have a paying user you mentioned earlier that you can you can be a little bit more flexible on the production quality did you notice that there was you know a, a set of topics that products really needed to have explained via video for the paying users right away so i think one easy answer for this is go to your chat platform or go to your help center platform wherever you have the product documentation and on the analytics you can always find what are your customers searching for which keywords rank higher which keywords are more frequently searched and first attack those topics those areas and create content around it like video content around this because these are anyways frequently asked or frequently searched questions and maybe the next, in a couple of months you'll have another five different keywords but i think that's the the first thing which which we would ask the second thing is uh, a lot of a lot of product education uh, a lot of customer education revolves around product education right so if i'm mailchimp and mailchimp if it sticks to 
hey, this is how you can create a campaign, this is how you can create a list, this is how you can send a campaign. I think it's great, but how do you go beyond, right? How do you make sure that this email marketer has success? So what MailChimp does, it also tries teaching you what, hey, this is, if you use these subject lines, subject lines, your email open rates will improve. And believe me, MailChimp also gets benefited right? because if that email marketer sees success in his campaign, there is no reason why he won't stick with MailChimp, right? So a lot of customer education is both, both product education and the craft. How do you make that person a better better professional, right? If it's, if it's a customer executive, how do I make this person a better customer support professional? How do I make this person a better email marketer, right? So I think focusing on that part is equally important. Was there a strategic measure or rule or ratio that you found that was helpful for dividing up how much of each type of video you need to be creating? Or is it just depending on what you're seeing happen day to day in your product? I think I would at least 20% of your content, if for the customer success side, 20% of your content has to be craft oriented and not the product oriented. And believe me, that craft oriented con- content can also be used by marketing. It's not that it's restricted only to the customer customers. You can also use it for your prospects or middle of the funnel too. So once you've got all these videos in place, your video topics in place for each part of the funnel, did you have a certain recommendation around the process for creating these videos? You mentioned before, you know, having a script, but was there anything else that people needed to keep in mind? So typically uh, we do the videos in three stages. First, we define the scope and then we try to create a script. Right after the script is done, typically people jump on the video, but we go to a stage in the middle of that which is called storyboard. Storyboard is a the output is simply a presentation file with description for each frame. Right, so if the if that paragraph has four lines and you want four different visual representation of that those lines, so you'll have four slides and each slide how what will be the representation. Right, this helps in two ways. One is you could get a stakeholder to be on the same page that hey, this is how the video will look like. Right? Because editing a deck is very, very easy as compared to editing a video uh, after it's being produced. And the second, it's very easy to communicate with a video producer, right? Somebody who just executes or somebody who just edits, right? Hey, these are the visual cues you need to take care of while editing the video. So once once the storyboard is all, everybody's on the same page for storyboard, we go to the video production stage. And yeah, I think I think our goal is to make sure there are minimal revisions and make sure make sure that the expectation is matched. I mean, there can't be that, hey, I thought the video might look like something like this or it looks like this now. Do you find that there are any common mistakes that people make when they are creating videos, for example, that speak too fast or they do something that's distracting? I think common mistakes, which I, first is they don't have scripts. Sometimes they make like really long videos, right? Sometimes they make like, because they say the, pro- the product or the feature is really complex. There's always a way to break down long form videos in the world of TikToks and uh, Instagram stories where the videos don't even last for like 20 seconds. If you shoot somebody with like a three minute or a five minute video, it's not going to go well. Another thing, if you, if you're showing your product, don't show like everything together, right? Even on the screen, even if you're not showing different tabs, 
try to try to make it as contextual as you as you can uh, remove the unused parameters just zoom in right don't show your entire product ui frame which has like 15 buttons right you don't want your audience to be overwhelmed by how how complex your product is another thing which they make a mistake is sometimes they go they think that there is one videographer who can solve all the all the problems but i don't know there are three process to any video creation process three stages to any video creation pro uh, process and there is an expert for each of these stages. so expecting that this one person on upwork or one person on fiverr will solve this problem for me nobody can right because these are separate skill sets and you can't find the same skill set in one person who are the main players across the production cycle so we have script writers we have uh, storyboarding artists and we have video editors. These are the doers. Then we have a creative director who oversees the creative side of the project. And we have a project manager who oversees the admin part of the project. So I think there are five stakeholders. Sometimes you might need custom animation. Sometimes they say, I don't want to show my product. I want to show like a simplified UI, right? Uh, so we might have an illustrator on the side who could support with the graphics. Makes a lot of sense. Fantastic. How do you measure the performance of the video? Are you looking mainly at dwell time or any particular figure? So I'll again jump back to the marketing funnel, right? So if you're at the awareness stage, your success metric is how many views that is generated and basically the view count. If you are in the consideration or conversion stage, more like middle to the middle at the bottom of the funnel, you would measure what is the time spent by your audience consuming that content right or how many ctas were buttons were pressed after watching that piece of content how many meetings were booked how many signups were done right if i am in the retention or loyalty stage i would see how they are behaving after they sign up right so what's the product usage what's the time to value what's the feature adoption i think these are the metrics for me when i look at uh, at different stages of fun do you have any companies in mind that you see are doing their video marketing across the whole funnel very well, like an outstanding example? I love HubSpot. So HubSpot, I know they're big and they've really played the content marketing game really well. So I love HubSpot, I love Airtable. Airtable does really good work around product education. Monday.com, I mean, you just mentioned about the ad. It's really good at teasing their audience on social media. I mean. I mean, I really like, uh, and then BombBomb and Ahref who are using education, educational videos as a way to acquire customers. I mean, Ahref has this really cool courses. Even BombBomb has the same kind of courses where they don't promote their product, but they really make sure that the customer, that audience makes the most out of it. And uh, I won't be surprised if most of them convert convert into their customers. Yeah, I, I've seen them for HRFs. Uh, Tim Solo seems to have done a really great job. I think he mentioned specifically trying to make sure his product was involved in each tutorial so that it was naturally plugging the product. Second last question just before we go. Are you seeing any particular trends happening with video space? I see three areas. One is live action videos really picking up, right? And uh, I mean, you always need a face. It has to be like you would have heard user-generated content, right? And as old times, live action doesn't have to be you send a studio, you send like a camera meant to shoot. Uh, it can also happen remotely, like the process I explained before. And even if you do it remote, you can make sure that the quality is near studio quality, right? I mean, near 
where you have the best infrastructure. The second which I see is videos are increasingly becoming important for SEO strategy. If five of my keywords are ranking on, five of my blogs are ranking on top, I'll make sure that I'll create videos to defend rankings for these. Third which I see is uh, you, ca you don't have to create fresh content, you can also repurpose your video content to create something valuable for social media. And by social media, the way the consumption has also changed a bit, right? So you, there are vertical videos, they sometimes have lower production quality, especially when there is a founder or somebody speaking. And most of, and, and I think one key thing which has changed rapidly during COVID is most people have started watching videos without sound. I think it, it, it changed the way a lot of people thought about videos, right? And thought about using text on the video frames. I think uh, I think these are the few areas which I see emerging as emerging trends. Yeah, fantastic. All right, Rish, thank you so much. Before we go, where can people learn more about you and Content Beta? So you can always reach out to me at rishab at contentbeta.com. It's R-I-S-H-A-B-H at contentbeta.com. Feel free to check out what content we've created with ServiceNow, Minichat, LeadFeeder, Autostack, and 70 at the B2B SaaS on contentbeta.com. I'll make sure to include the links in the show notes. Otherwise, thank you so much. Thank you so much. Thank you so much.